Do Maybe it. do it when the episode starts. When the episode yeah. starts. Yeah, yeah. All right. Three, two, one. <laughs> Ooh, oh, come on, Dylan. We even forewarned oh, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought you yeah. meant just you were going to clap. Yeah. Oh, all of us. I missed yeah. a few. I'm sorry. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for coming back to the Decent Human Podcast. I'm Evan. Jenny. That's um, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> That's Chris. <laughs> Don't introduce myself. And today we are joined by a very special guest. Dylan, you know what? I want to introduce you. You're the PB&J king, but I kind of want you to just do a little intro for us. I'm excited to have you on here, man. All right. Uh, I'm Dylan Taglio. I'm the founder and CEO of Chubby Snacks. Uh, Chubby Snacks is a superfood peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Uh, I hate to pay them homage this early on, but think of the Uncrustable, but which is better for you ingredients. Um, they are the OG in the space, so I do have to pay homage. Um, but yeah, we're just doing it the right way. Um, with our little patented cloud shape sandwich. I like that. Sick. Doing it the right way. Yeah. Welcome, Dylan. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Awesome. Thank you for joining us. Very excited. I think when we first started the podcast and we were like, we're going to bring people on here, you're the first name I threw out. I was like, yeah, we're going to have Dylan true. on here. That is yeah. true, yeah. And then every week I was like, we're going to have Dylan on. We're gonna have Dylan. <laughs> he throws out a lot of names, but yours was the first. The first. And yeah. I was like, but we got to be more organized before he gets here because I don't want to be just like ruffling around. And just we like, were never disorganized. Oh, yeah. You're absolutely right. I'm forgetting I'm sorry about that. Um, but Dylan, you brought us some special snacks today. I mean... Yes. Special in a sober type way, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, if everybody's wondering, these are the Chubbies right here. We got... How many flavors do you guys have now? Yep. So we have four flavors, most specifically, that we sell in retail. Uh, it's going to be peanut butter and grape, peanut butter and strawberry, almond butter and grape, and almond butter and strawberry. Next week, we're actually launching a, an exclusive collaboration online. That's all I'm going to leave it to until now, or for, I guess, maybe later if we'll talk I about know, it. But, but I know, but I can't give it away. <laughs> uh, but really excited so about it. It's going to be dropping Thursday. You're going to leave Chris and I hanging out. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, we yeah. can't. Yeah, we, we can't talk about it. Too much. Can't talk about it. <laughs> at all? Sick. You guys almost made it in, but you did it. Slowly <laughs> yeah. so, give us. I want to pop one of these in. I've never tried them, personally. Yeah, go for it. I want to pop one of these I'm in. a little I'm offended, offended being that you invited me on your podcast. Yeah, we probably should have done more research. Huh? Chris, I told you to try these. I um, like that it's authentic. Yeah, yeah, sure. Organic, authentic. Is this the flavor you're trying here? I don't know. I just, I just the grape it. jam, I have to say I like the grape jam. Yeah. Grape jam? Yeah, I do really like it. Have that. you tried all these? I've tried every single one. I mean, in every your time garage, I do a photo right? shoot with yeah, them, and I have to give them like yeah. 20, 30 sandwiches. Yeah, because I'm always like, oh, I need extra for the photo shoot, <laughs> yeah, and then I cool. just eat them all. In case you mess up, though, right? Yeah, and yes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, we love the most beautiful cloud-shaped sandwich. Too, well, it's, so. it's Wait, did Evan that, shoot this? Like this actual shot? That exact bag. Yeah. Right there. This bag. That bag. This is Evan's. Evan's touched every I, aspect <laughs> of the brand. At this can point. you tell? How do you feel about it? How do you do? Like, how do I feel about what? Yeah. No, I didn't shoot this one. I didn't shoot this exact image. Okay. But I have shot quite a bit of images okay. for Chubby's. I just wanted to know feedback on Evan. <laughs> I mean, honestly, Evan's been around since like prototype one, I yeah, think, man. with our circle-shaped yeah. sandwich. So and then, and I could go into that a little bit later too, but uh, yeah, since essentially yeah. very early days of Chubby's now. Yeah, we got introduced and then I remember you driving, off, uh, driving up, you dropped off your, just like a whole bunch of different oh, yeah. stuff and you're like, have at it, man. Yeah. <laughs> what, what do you got? He, he, one of the main reasons I really like working with Dylan is that he brought all the ingredients too exactly what i needed it didn't he left all the guesswork out of it yeah because he's very adamant of like the organic nature of it all the different ingredients that are going to be used so even in the imagery that we are putting forward it's all real like food and things that are used in the you brought it individually itself. like yep yeah i mean the idea really is to like tell it you know we're going we want the, right. we want go. the we want the consumer to like just understand like what we're actually putting in it and the big yeah. part of the like, the company is also just to be transparent um, in terms of like the ingredients that we're putting into the product. And so I think it's like really important when we're putting together some studio shots to actually showcase what's going to be in the sandwich that you're eating. Yeah, that's super cool. Oh, cool. So prototype one, how long ago, how long have you guys known each other? Uh, so when I first launched the company, it was in June of 2020. So like right in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, and we launched actually with the circle shape sandwich. Um, and so I'll get this right out of the way. We are now a cloud shape because we got hit with the cease and desist from Smucker's. Uh, unbeknownst to me at the time, they have a trademark on a circle-shaped sandwich. That's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, it's kind of wild. <laughs> I mean, when they got it, I think it was like in the early 90s, and I don't know if there was just... Uh, I, 
I don't really know. I can't really speak on how they got it, yeah. but they got it. And they had a uh, a patent on the construction of a circle-shaped sandwich as well, but they lost that in the early 2000s because there was a, like, mom-and-pop, like, kind of pot pie company based in, like, the Midwest that I guess has been around for longer than the Smucker's brand. And they challenged them in court saying that, like, hey, we've been making this for, you know, 100-plus years or whatever. Like, you have no merit on having, you know, access to, like, this uh, wow. um, a patent and trademark and so they lost the trademark but they kept the patent and so when i launched i didn't know that and so i think it was like 20 30 days while into business i got hit with a cease and desist um for the trademark and then it was like a litany of other things uh slander um falsifying advertising <laughs> yeah they, they, like it, it was crazy i mean i was going into my first investor meeting and i get an an email and then also just like a stack of papers on my doorstep and it was just like you did all these things wrong like turn your business off completely and so like as you can imagine like at this point i had put all my money into this business yeah. and uh like I, you know my, the wind was more or less blown out of my sail um but then obviously once the dust settled like i it was a quick realization that we were onto something mm, um, and cool. we ultimately just needed to hire an ip attorney change the shape and we were pretty much on the on the fly after that to me it's like if you have somebody that early on that's coming after you at the yeah. size of Smuckers. It's like, it's kind of indicative of, hey, you're you're doing something right. Yeah. yeah. Else they wouldn't be threatened. Right? Totally. Yeah. I mean, did you get that same kind of sense? Like, oh, now that we're hit with that, it almost kind of validated the idea. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, again, like initially it was like scary. So scary again, because I put all my money into this. And I'm yeah. like, oh my God, like 30 days, I'm already had a business. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, they're also like, you know, worth $15 billion. They have a whole department within their company that's just focused on like making sure that their trademark is not being copied, yeah. which I can't, you know, I respect that. Like it is what it is. I mean, it's still crazy to me that they have a pen or a trademark I'm on sure. a circle shaped sandwich. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think ultimately it was the best thing that ever happened to us because it allowed us to go out, rebrand ourselves, reshape ourselves, make ourselves a lot more unique and, um, disruptive in a sense. Yeah. So cool. I want to take it back a little bit before then. What, where, where was the idea of Chubby? Yeah, no, bef even before that, what were you doing before Chubby's? All right. Before you want me to just go through my like, investment pitch? Yeah. All right. So, yeah. <laughs> year, year one, Dylan is born. What's going on? No. no Take I, it from the beginning. I do think it's like an important part of my story just because like a lot of it comes from like just where I brought up and just my overall upbringing. Um, so I, I grew up right outside New York City, Bayonne, New Jersey. Uh, it's right outside Jersey City. Um, and I like to talk about it in the sense that like I grew up in a blue collar city. There wasn't, mm -hmm. I, I never even knew what an entrepreneur was or what entrepreneurship really meant. Mm -hmm. um, but you walk to any street corner in my city and there's either a bodega or there's a pizza shop. And, you know, you don't think about, or at least for me, like I didn't think about those guys as being uh, entrepreneurs, but they are small business owners. They are entrepreneurs in their own right. And, you know, I, I was lucky enough to go to a Jesuit all boys school in downtown Jersey City. And there I met like all these kids that were from predominantly rich areas uh, in like the suburbs of New Jersey. And it was very, you know, straightforward in terms of like what your career path was. It was go to St. Peter's, graduate, mm -hmm. go to a good uh, college, get a finance degree, end up working in New York City and like Wall Street or some part of financial, you know, space. And uh, for me, it just wasn't like that. I, I didn't do very well in high school. Um, I ended up dropping out of college my freshman year. I went to junior college. Then luckily enough, I was, uh, I got into USC out here in LA, which brought me to California. Oh, and it wasn't until I got to California that I start meeting my friends that were all entrepreneurs in their own right, selling, you know, beanies from their backpack, uh, t-shirts from the trunk of their car, or even making beats and selling them to hip hop artists. Yeah. And I was just like, damn, like, this is really cool. Like I didn't never thought about doing like a side hustle. Yeah. And so that ended up turning into like, uh, I actually, <laughs> sorry, you ready? that's good timing. Oh, yeah, that smells good. I, I, I burned your chubby. <laughs> <laughs> that smells really good. Yeah. smells really good. This is an authentic experience cause I've never had one before. I know it's, it's like, like a, like a, a first hand easy bake oven. Yeah. Deal. I'm you. a little stressed. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it's got great ingredients. Honestly. Thank you. You have monk fruit in there. Yeah, it's a little bit of a low-calorie sweetener. Yeah, um, really pay attention to this stuff. Yeah. I do. I really we do. We use uh, medjool dates as like our main sugar source. Yeah. Um, outside of like um, dehydrated fruit powders and um, flavor extracts as well. Wow. Okay, so you're you're here in LA at USC. Yep. Uh, seeing kind of like the hustle mentality with yep. all these people around you. Yep. Yeah. So uh, then I just started thinking of like, how can I ultimately like throw myself into entrepreneurship. And mm -hmm. actually the craziest thing is, and I can't believe I'm going to talk about this, but, uh, the, my first entrepreneurial experience was creating an app or like at least the, uh, prototype of an app. Yeah, and you guys all have seen hitch, uh, with Will Smith. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Love so when I got to USC, uh, Tinder came out 
And so everybody got on Tinder. And You're the founder no, of Tinder. No, no. <laughs> no I, was like, I actually did all this before. Yeah, I was like, no, no. Hold on. Who is this? Dylan Tinder? No. No, <laughs> no but... <laughs> Uh, all my friends and I, we would just like talk about our conversations that we were having with girls on Tinder. Yeah. And, uh, we'd always just like throw our screenshots in there and be like, all right, how do we like carry on this conversation? Yeah. And I found myself giving advice to my friends a lot about like how to continue the conversation. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like what if there was like a business surrounding, you know, uh, you know, essentially being hitched from the movie, but in like helping kids with like yeah. Tinder. Yeah. And so I created a prototype uh, and I had two kids from UCLA create an Android and an iOS prototype. So you're going to USC, but you found the kids from UCLA. Yeah. That's smart. Yeah. 2012. Okay. And uh, yeah, so the idea of the, the app was to, you know, if you were stuck in a conversation with somebody on, on uh, TikTok, I'm sorry, TikTok, uh, Tinder, <laughs> you would upload the conversation into the app and then it would be like crowdsourced uh, mm-hmm. responses. And then it would be like, you get people that would upvote responses and like yeah. kind of help you walk through a Almost conversation. Almost like a Reddit type situation? Yeah, okay. absolutely. And then like the idea was to like, uh, like if you were really good at giving advice, like you could potentially make money off it by being like uh, a, a coach. Yeah. Some sort. yeah. Oh, interesting. But you said you, you made the prototype of it. So you didn't actually get a full functioning app? Or? Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't really know anything about tech at the yeah. time or app creation. Um, but I was able to convince these kids like, hey, this would be a really good project for your portfolio. You're graduating. <laughs> you're I love the salesman. Yeah. It's like, Hey, this is going to be really, really good great for, for your you. portfolio. Yeah. <laughs> that's how Evan me. started. That's how, that's how Evan that's got into it. Yeah. Like, this is going to be really great for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously that went nowhere. Yeah. Um, but it was my first like chance of like turning an idea into something that was like somewhat concrete. Mm-hmm. Um, and so obviously I moved on from there. I did like a, I, I then created a like clothing accessory brand called Original Grit. Uh, so just so you know, I came from like a pretty heavy military background. My parents and my sister were, and my grandparents, uncles were all in the military. Mm. And so I, at one point wanted to join, but then I decided that like, I thought I had more opportunity building my network in LA after college. So I, I opted out. Um, but a project that I created was called original grit. And the idea was to create like, um, clothing, uh, so hats, t-shirts, bracelets, and then I would sell them and then in return I would give back home uh, everyday essentials to homeless veterans around Los Angeles. That's cool. So I created an essential bag and in that essential bag were everyday items that were essential to living. So toothbrushes, tooth, toothpaste, deodorant, wow. towel, socks. That's incredible. Like that. I didn't know that. Yeah. So I would go around Los Angeles and I would find like homeless veterans because all of them have like signs. You know, you, you pretty much could start where uh, like, um, what is it? The, uh, in West LA, there's a um, veteran um, uh, department. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And so I would start there and I would just give out these essential bags and then I would ask for their story. And so a lot of them would give me their story and then I'd put their story on like just like a product insert. And then every time you bought a product, you'd get that insert and you'd learn about that. Uh, That's, cool. That's super That's cool. Incredible. So that was really, it was a really cool experience. I uh, partnered with this uh, uh, Skid Row Housing Trust, which is a nonprofit in downtown LA and they help transition homeless people into permanent living, mm-hmm. uh, essentially trying to get them back into society. And so I worked with them on a new um, building that they launched in downtown LA and I provided essential bags to everyone that was joining that house. And, uh, but w- ultimately what, what came of it is I didn't know how to market to like my consumer. So mm-hmm. ultimately like the best place for me to sell that product would be to like middle America. Um, but I didn't know how to do that. I didn't know how to do Instagram, Facebook ads. And so I ended up uh, dissolving that company and then um, I was working in just like corporate America and I ended up leaving corporate America and I just told myself I'm going to go all in on digital marketing. Like I really want to learn this skill set. Yeah. And so I tapped on some friends from USC. I asked them if I could just work for them for free, doing anything from like Facebook ads to Google ads to email campaigns, things like that. And then around the same time, I did my first solo backpack trip through Southeast Asia. It was like a three-week trip. Um, and as you can imagine, I had the same conversation with pretty much everybody I met. Who are you? Where are you from? What do you do? Mm-hmm. I ended up leaving uh, Southeast Asia with three clients. And so I ultimately just opened up shop when I got back to LA. For digital marketing. Yeah, for digital marketing. Sick. So I was working with like an esthetician in the UK. I was working with a clothing brand out in uh, Australia. And then uh, I ended up working with my friend's um, like insurance company after I got back. Um, and so it was a really cool way to get my feet wet. And then that essentially created the snowball effect for me of like building out my digital marketing agency, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so then I decided to run it back the next year and I did a uh, three month stint in Europe, just backpacking around. Um, and I picked up a couple more clients that way and then ultimately built out like, this, uh, boutique agency, mostly focusing on like social media ads for e-commerce CPG brands. 
And then it was during that time that I noticed that there was like this crazy trend happening in the food and beverage space where brands were popping up left and right that were just recreating traditional products mm -hmm. with elevated nutritionals and better for you ingredient lists. And so then I was like, all right, this is pretty interesting. Like, I think I could probably, I could sell anything online at this point. I just need to figure out this food stuff, Yeah. Uh, which is crazy because I'm so glad I was naive because I had I known what I know now, there's You and no I have way. talked about that before. Yeah. Like, if you had known beforehand, that's crazy. Can I curse? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Fuck no. What I'm so yeah, so I, uh, I I ended up tapping on my brother who's like very big in like nutrition and I, I had him put together this fruit forward, very basic jam recipe. I slapped it together with um, like a clean nut butter and uh, or organic bread. I packaged it up and I just walked around Los Angeles to like different soccer camps, baseball camps and just handed out sandwiches to like moms and kids. And the proof was immediately in the pudding. Yeah. Um, I mean, everybody knew, you know, at one point or another, every kid has had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yeah. Um, and because of the Uncrustables, like everybody understood the concept. Uh, yeah. And the convenience of like a package mm -hmm. PB&J. So it wasn't a full package and everything when you're handing it out, like it was branded and everything like yeah, that? Yeah. So I just had like the packaging didn't look anything like this. It was yeah. just in like a... Uh, Before you ran into this yeah. guy, right? Well, well no. It was just like, <laughs> Is that why you're asking the question? No, no. I'm, I'm asking because like <laughs> when you say you like just got started, you slap the, together the peanut butter and jelly, you make it sound so simple. So in my mind, There's I have like a Ziploc oh, bag. So many, yeah. <laughs> And like you're handing it out like yeah. a Ziploc baggie. He's like at the point. No, I think no, no, everyone no. wants to know like exactly how you got from like each step. Because yeah. I think that's what people are confused yeah, about. Like, like want to know is yeah. it's not Because you easy. make it sound easy, yeah. but it's not. And There's it's like way more stuff behind to the yeah. scenes stuff that's happening. I mean, don't get me try wrong. Like, Speaking it, of that, I just want to yeah, try it. Yeah, try it really it. quick because it's still warm. I've already tried this, so. Oh, can we get some of the ASMR in the mic? No, I literally have me some fun yet. Oh yeah. Really? Mm. <laughs> I love it, Evan. <laughs> it's so good. This is good. Really good. You're right though. When it's toasted, yeah, so much better. I can't speak mm. now. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, we should probably get you some water. There's some peanut butter in there, so. But that new collab you got coming out that we can't talk about. <laughs> it's really good frozen. Just saying. Like a sneak peek tip. Something. Yeah, we could talk about it. Um, I mean, it doesn't matter. Like either before, if this comes out before it launches. Uh, so we're doing a chocolate hazelnut and peanut butter combination. So essentially, you know, we're the better for you Uncrustable. Uh, this brand that we're working with is the better for you Nutella. And so we partnered with them to create more of like a decadent kind of so, uh, sandwich. So they have, it's it's not Nutella. It's a better for you Nutella. Exactly. Because Nutella has so much shit in it. It tastes so yeah, good, but terrible. has so much shit yeah. and it's so bad for you. So this one focuses a lot more on like the Evan hazelnuts. Evan loves Nutella. By I love Nutella. <laughs> yes. I love this. I love Nutella. Yeah. I love pizza. <laughs> <Should we destroy? laughs> uh, I hope I get this right because they'll probably hate me if I don't. But they're, it's, so it's hazelnut cocoa or hazelnut chocolate. Mm -hmm. The hazelnut comes first because there's more hazelnuts in than like the chocolate. Like cacao or is it? Yeah, uh, but it's different than Nutella. I think Nutella puts more chocolate than hazelnuts in it. Um, and then there's no palm oil either. So it's mm -hmm. like, you already had yeah, it? four come in a pack. They're all individually wrapped too. <laughs> <laughs> Made there for convenience. There uh, sorry, you were talking about the oils and the oils I'm and everything. Gonna I'm, gonna, I'm just going to eat. You're going to sit back and eat? Yeah, yeah. You're definitely not even in frame anymore. <clears throat> I don't, don't want to <laughs> chew near the mic, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to get into the oils because no, uh, I think it's 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 great. We don't use palm oil in ours either. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Or it's just uh, the peanut butter or the almond butter is just peanuts or almonds and then sea salt. Yeah. That's it. And so when so, you said like you didn't even know anything about making the actual food, you were a digital marketer. Mm -hmm. That was your bread and butter. No pun intended. Yep. Uh, that smooth. <laughs> and then, so what did that look like learning about food and creating it? Because I mean, there's got to be health codes. There got to be all sorts yeah. of things that you had to learn along the way. Yeah, it was hard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the way I kind of looked at it was like, we're just going to throw ourselves in the deepest part of the pool, and we're either going to sink or swim. And if we swim, we just got to figure out. Know now is things won't ever get easier uh, at every point in the business as much as you scale like there's just different complexities that yeah. come into the picture um but yeah i mean like we opened up our kitchen we so all right so i guess i'll give you an understanding of like how we started making these um so uh outside of the uncrustables there's really no other peanut butter and jelly company mm. um and so when you go to a co-manufacturer and you ask them like, hey, can I make, I need to make 50,000 crustless peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. They, they all kind of just laugh at you and say like, oh, yeah, we don't, how are we going to do this? Yeah. 
And so we got turned down by a bunch of co-manufacturers in like the very beginning. And so the only other option really was to open up a commercial kitchen um, here in Los Angeles and just start making them. Kind of like a cloud kitchen, but like on a bigger scale or what does that look like? Uh, Are you familiar with like the WeWork concept? Mm -hmm. All right. So it's essentially the same thing. There's just a big facility, there's parceled out spaces, and then you essentially just like lease out that space and then you could you either have like a a hood scoop so it gives you the opportunity to have like a an oven and some different types of machinery or you just have like a a packing a packaging room and so we've gone we've had both um or at different times we've had different ones but uh you just ultimately lease that space out and you just start doing your production there what's cool about them is that they really help amplify your brand by giving you access to like uh loading docks so you could actually and storage so you could store your finished products there and then you could also have like fedex or ups come pick them up so it's like a one-stop shop yeah exactly and so um we ultimately opened up a kitchen there um and we just started making them as if you would make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich at your kitchen um it was really difficult at first just because you don't really get much output for your input um and so we were like all right how are we gonna you know make this you know more streamlined and so we just started you know, coming up with different ideas of like how to make these sandwiches faster with least amount of people. And so we laugh and like call ourselves like the Einstein's of peanut butter and jelly manufacturing. <laughs> and like, but it's kind of true. Like we've tried a hundred, literally a hundred different ways to like make these things as fast as possible. Um, and in a sense, we cracked the code um, and we were able to then use that new process to then like in a sense, put in a PowerPoint presentation and go to those same manufacturers and be like, Hey, you know, we did, you know, just under a million dollars in sales our first year. Yeah, you know, we have, we just launched into Whole Foods. We have all these opportunities coming up. Like you should take us seriously now. Yeah. And uh, thankfully, like we had a couple that ended up saying yes. We ended up moving forward with our first one. Um, and on our first day of production with this new manufacturer, mind you, it took three months to get onboarded with them. Uh, I show up for our first production day and he tells me that they went bankrupt and they're going out of business on Friday. And I was like, wow. you gotta be fucking kidding me, right? I was like, dude, like the writing had to have been on the wall. This took three months for us to get yeah. onboarded. How the hell are you, you telling me today? Yeah. Wow. yeah, so now I'm sitting in this office with like two 40 year old men and I'm just like reaming them out, like calling them motherfucker left <laughs> and right because I'm like, dude, like I just built, I just like hustled my ass off to get to this point in my business and you're pretty much telling me that like you're going under now? Like, yeah. Like, so you're telling you me some kind of warning, yeah. something yeah. just like, Hey, by the way, so we're not doing too great. Yeah. Like you might want to start looking elsewhere. Yeah. yeah. And m- mind you, it was, it was kind of crazy. Cause like we had like this terrible news that day. And, uh, at the same time we had just won like three new grocery stores and whole foods had just placed their second biggest PO. So mm-hmm. I, thankfully we built up enough inventory at our first facility, which was here in LA, um, to be able to fulfill those orders. But I mean, they, they fucked us like mm-hmm. royally. And so I then just like, I had to pack everything up and have it out of their facility by Friday. And we had been talking to another manufacturer in the Midwest. And so I just put all that stuff on a pallet and I shipped it to the Midwest and hoping that these, this manufacturer would take our business. Mm -hmm. And so we then had to go through all this paperwork to get onboarded with this new manufacturer. And it took about a week and they're like, all right, like you guys are good to go. Like, let's start, you know, working together. And they're like, how, like, when can you get the product there? And I was like, uh, today. Honestly, it was crazy. And like, we were, you know, we put all of our eggs in one basket. Like we had no other choice at this point. And so, yeah. So like, you know, you kind of go through it. You don't, you can't prepare for things like this, obviously, sure. but and I you don't think you're be. at the point yet where you could kind of diversify your manufacturing no. plants either. Right. You can't just be like you said, you well, the, the saving grace is that we didn't shut down our LA facility. So I immediately just hired a bunch of people to like come back mm-hmm. in and start manufacturing sandwiches. And so we just threw more bodies on the line, um, until we were able to get like up, uh, sure. started up with the new manufacturer. And you were doing it by hand for a while too, right? Cause oh, I remember yeah. even talking to you early days and you were, yeah, we all was in there packing sandwiches, cutting it yeah. out, everything, all that. I mean, like, absolutely. I mean, even to this day, like we'll sometimes have to go in there and like, you know, do some like actual manual labor. Mm. Um, it's just like kind of, you know, the way of, of growing this business. Yeah. You you always have to be willing to like, just, you know, roll up your sleeves and get your hands dirty. And this was like your first full on company, right? Like oh, yeah. Before that you had digital marketing, but this is like, like your actual full on company. Yeah. I mean, we had a service company, mm-hmm. right? Like I had th- two employees and we were making hands over fist more money than yeah. I ever have with literally zero overhead. Yeah. Um, this, t- 
totally different. Totally different. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, we started the company in June. I like I was able to raise like a little bit of friends and family money right off the start. And within three months, I pretty much ran out of money. What was that like? Jesus. Like just raising money, friends and family, just for anybody that wants to start. Yeah. Start uh, I mean, you got to be like, you definitely have to go in with a, as much of a bulletproof plan as possible. Like granted, you won't have a bulletproof plan. Like there's just, there's going to be so many holes. Like you're essentially just coming to somebody with an idea and mm. a vision and the passion that you bring to the conversation. Yeah. And it's just like a hope that like somebody's willing to like, just take a risk on you. Yeah. And, and it's still like that to this day. Like, I mean, I think we've done a really good job of proving concept, but like, you know, we're two years into business essentially, and we're still trying to convince people based off of me walking into the room, showing my passion about what I'm doing and as well as the vision. Mm-hmm. Like granted, we have some like hard numbers to back up, like, you know, some of the things we're doing, but at the same time, people are still taking just as much of a risk on us. Yeah. Well, I think even, I mean, would you say in those early days, is it more about the product or more about the person, person. that when you're trying to get those early on investors? Yeah, I, th- I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, definitely like you have to have like a, a good like strategy and plan to like how you're going to win at what it is that you're making. But yeah, I mean, people are betting on the jockey, right? Yeah. Like, again, I walk in there, I, you know, I, I talk with a lot of passion typically, but like, I'm so I'm so gassed up about oh, this. Yeah. Like, I get to wake up every day and make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for a living. <laughs> like, Healthy peanut dream. butter and jelly yeah. sandwiches at that. Heck yeah. If well, that's an I mean, American that was... dream, I don't know what it is. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more as American as you can possibly get. Yeah. Well, it's just like, that was one of the big selling points on when I met you. I was just like, beyond the sandwiches, like, again, you're playing on nostalgia. Like, mm-hmm. automatically, I told you, I got it. Like, yeah. I understand what this is, and it's the organic, healthier version. Great. Sold on the product. And then when I met you, the drive and the hustle, I was like, this guy's not going to. Yeah. He's not gonna drop the ball. Yeah. Like he's gonna try. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, like it, it's hard. Like there's no doubt. And like I, I mean, you know, you second guess yourself here and there every now and For then. Sure. But uh, you just have to have faith that like you could get it done. You could yep. figure out every problem. And like that's it's like the best part is like you also have to be just like very okay with making imperfect decisions because no situation that you get to you're gonna know the answer to. Like you could definitely use like your investors or your advisors or whoever you have in your corner to like help get through some like tough situations but at the end of the day you're the one making the decision and you have to be you have to be confident in knowing that you're making the best decision regardless if you know the outcome or not Mm. my question is like i want to go backtrack and and understand the mentality going into it did you grow up in sports did you grow up in like an entrepreneur i mean you said blue collar but Mm. what's the mentality like where did you where do you feel like you learned the most military discipline dude yeah (laughs) now my 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 dad was in the military he was not very disciplined Uh, (laughs) (laughs) and if you ever listen no my dad my dad's very regimented but he didn't necessarily like force anything on us it was all like i want you guys to do go out and learn like the coolest thing like growing up is that my parents were very lenient in terms of like allowing me to be who i wanted to be um like i i mean the, some of the coolest experiences i had was being like 10, 12 years old and like telling my mom i was going to the skate park downtown but my friends and i instead would get on the the path train and hit new york city and i would skate all the way up to central park or like brooklyn and like my parents had no idea where I was, and then I would take the Staten Island ferry back to Staten Island, and then back over the Bay on Bridge. God, and, like, you sound so New York right now. <laughs> yeah, like I, shit. But, but, like, there's a reason why. And then I, I got have... a pizza and I filled it up. And I hit a taxi cab and said, "Watch, I'm walking here." <laughs> wow. That's my walk accent. Yeah, well, that's never came out before. So that's it. Must have been Chubby that brought that out. <laughs> uh, yeah, I dig that. <laughs> You, I, I feel like you were me. Yeah. <laughs> I saw you talking, but I, you I saw, saw me. Yeah. I, I get it. I get it. Uh, no, there's a reason why I have Street Logic tattooed on me, and that's the reason why it was also my uh, marketing agency name. Because uh, growing up, I just like I, I felt like I learned best by experience, and like I felt like I had a pretty good head on my shoulder. So I was like, quote unquote, street smart. Mm-hmm. I was never really book smart, which is also why I have my SAT score tattooed on me. What is uh, it? What it uh, it's fourteen forty out of twenty four hundred. That was better than me. So you're, yeah. This is three scores yeah, combined you, to one. Yeah, it's yeah, brutal. Yeah, Chris got a 200 and you get a 200 for signing your name. Signing your name. Wait, really? No. No, <laughs> I played dumb. I'm not that dumb. Come on, seriously. I played dumb. I swear I'm smart. You're smarter than you look. Thank you. Wait, wait, yeah, Jenny's famous quote from the first episode. Well, he's actually way smarter than you look. Like, you have like ideas, you know? Well, you're a pretty face. So, you know, people have like preconceived notions of like, no, for sure. (laughs) Smarter than you look. Smarter than you look, man. (laughs) That's when I knew I should have just left this. (laughs) Really? 
You're still here, yeah. Damn, that's good. So you're smarter uh, than you look. Yeah, I, I mean, I, at this point, yes, I think so. Uh, <laughs> there's definitely times where I um, wasn't so confident. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I played sports all growing up. So like that definitely had like a, a big impact on me in terms of just being regimented. Um, and then it, it was really just like compounding um, effects and efforts that really made me, I think, to be the person I am today. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier that I went to USC. I didn't know anybody at USC when I moved out here. So that at the time was the biggest step that I ever made in my entire life. Why USC? Um, well, I, I worked really hard to like in junior college to like really build up my resume. And that was like, I was a big brother, big sister mentor. So I knew that would help like making, um, college decision a little bit easier from a school's perspective in choosing me. Um, I was also in a couple of honor societies too. And so my idea was like, all right, I'll do okay in grades, but let me build up my external resume to be able to like help oppor create opportunity to get in schools. And so I ended up getting into the university of Miami, Northeastern and USC. And at the time, um, I had never been west of the Mississippi River, and I just wanted to take the leap of faith and just try something new in a new city um, and really just start new. Um, and so for me, the mindset was like, all right, this is going to be the biggest decision you'll ever take in your entire life. Um, if you nail this, like everything after this will be a lot easier. Was it? Uh, no, because this is by far the, the hardest thing that I've ever done. <laughs> but I, as I mentioned to you, like I did that first backpacking trip through Southeast Asia, which then was the hardest thing that I've ever done. And then... Go ahead. Looking back on it, would you do you think you learned the most from going to USC or the backpacking trips? Like an all combination. <sighs> like like if you had a choice, like, oh I'm gonna I'm gonna learn the most experience, like go to school, <laughs> go go travel and go learn experience like first really firsthand. Yeah, it's I, tough. I, I, He's hoping for one answer. Yeah. We, all, we know what that yeah. answer is, but I don't think I really could give one answer because like you think about it, it's like a combination, yeah. School is great because it provides you structure and it gave me the opportunity to meet a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. Like either be class or just going to the basketball court and yes. pick plan pick up basketball. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that was huge in terms of just like building this network here in this city. But at the same time, backpacking is crazy too. Cause like you have to have your head on a swivel, like you're in a new place. And like the coolest part is like it, you're in a, you're in a new city, a new language. There's a different economy, different society, different cuisine, different languages. Like there's so many new things. And so it provides so much opportunity to gain perspective, uh, by just walking the streets mm -hmm. and just like really diving deep into like that place that you're in at that moment. And that was massive for me because I, I'd never been really outside of the United States by myself where I had to like worry about communicating with somebody that speaks a different language. Do you speak any other languages? Nope. What I found though was the biggest uh, like impact with whoever I was talking to in any of those cities was just knowing how to say hi, mm -hmm. goodbye, thank you. And that went so far because it was just a quick level of respect. The biggest thing, yeah, body language. Yep. Body language is the biggest thing regardless of the, the, yep. the language barrier. And I really just wanted to feel vulnerable. Um, like I have tattooed on me something about just like discomfort and like I think it's really important to constantly find ways to feel uncomfortable because it constantly challenges you. And so I like, that, yeah. yeah, trying to figure out how to be comfortable in uncomfortable situations just allows you to continue to learn. Actually, I do have a question about Chubbies. Go for it. And I feel like you may have told me this, but I may have forgotten. The name. Where yep. did the names come from and why? Oh, man, this is like the potentially multi-million dollar question here. Uh, no, so I, honestly, at the end of the day, like I just saw oxymoronic value to be something that I wanted to like associate with the brand. Uh. Um it's just very hard to compete in the grocery store as well as even online. And mm -hmm. the idea was I just really wanted to elicit a response from the consumer, uh, be it you know positive or negative. The idea was just that I wanted you to see our product and stop you in your tracks. And, and like, be like what is this? Yeah. 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 I mean, you need to be memorable. You need to stand out. I mean, there's a reason why, I don't know if you guys saw recently, uh, Liquid Death, right? It's a it's a water company yeah. that sells in a can. Mm -hmm. I mean, the graphics on the and the branding are awesome, um, but it's called Liquid Death, and you're drinking the product, right. which is right. water. We literally talked about it multiple yeah, times today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they just got valued at $700 million, um, and their name is Liquid Death. Like, it couldn't be more on the polar opposite of what it is that they're selling, right? Um, and what's cool about it is that it's it's creating space for us to exist and not be frowned upon because of our name. Instead, like, we found that, like, Chubby Snacks is a fun, brandable way for us to sell a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I mean, outside of, like, the cloud shape, we're really selling what's in the product and the convenience around the product. How did you decide on the cloud shape when you had to, like, go away from the circle? I mean, so, yeah, I mean, that was a pretty, you know, it was a big pain in the ass having to deal with that. But I mean, just from a manufacturing perspective too, because easily we could have been like, all right, let's just do a, uh, a square or a triangle. Mm -hmm. It's very easy. Um, but we wanted to go deeper and try to be more unique and um, differentiated. 
And my business partner actually is the one that came up with the cloud. And so we put together a couple of like 3D um, printed like manufacturing presses. And we were like, all right, we think we could figure out how to like mainstream or I'm sorry, uh, commercially manufacture this. And um, we, in a sense, broke that uh, broke the code on that. And so we were just like, all right, fuck it. Like, let's go with the cloud. And then we put it's a cloud yeah, on no, the packaging. That's what I was laughing at. I just, I just Why are you that. laughing? Yeah. It says it's a cloud. Yeah. Just, to, just to let everybody just know. Let everybody well, yeah. I mean, it's like, good for me. Like, at a, least I know now. It's yeah. A there's Did a bite out of it. So it's Did like, you like run into people not understanding? Or? No, it, actually, if I'm being honest, we put it's a cloud because it was more of like a, a backhand to Smuckers yeah. for not being a circle anymore. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big old one of these. Yeah. yeah I like it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I lost so much sleep thinking about how stupid this would look when somebody actually saw the package. And then I launched it and everybody was like, oh, this is so cool. And yeah, I was like, cool. oh, fucking thank God. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, even on my standpoint, from like photography standpoint, we're yeah. able to use it in different scenarios yeah. now yep. and make it part of the image instead of just another product. Yeah, 100%. It can be the background. Like we have the the cloud actually floating in the background instead of real clouds we have your chubbies yep 100 yeah so I, I think it actually played in your favor definitely and i mean at this point too it's like we need to figure out ways to continue to be more instagrammable if you will and again it's just to really stand out and mm -hmm. so we figured like um a cloud would be a really cool way for us to like really leverage our brand online yeah. um, and then by leveraging our brand online it just creates more opportunity for us to either launch into new grocery stores or also partner with really cool brands yeah. um, and do just things outside of just the sandwich that you know so when you were going through all this you were saying like this is literally the hardest thing you've ever done in your mm -hmm. life at what point were you creating chubbies did like the light bulb go off and be like like i'm this is it like i'm making it or like even just say almost kicking the out or a fire is just like, I'm doing something right. Like, was it getting into a retailer? Was it getting into a store? You know, what, what was that feeling? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I still like deal with like imposter syndrome yeah. in sure. some sense, but, uh, no, I mean, I think like winning or like a super win, like what was a win for you to like keep you going? Yeah. The whole foods, like getting into whole foods was definitely yeah, like a, huge. yeah, a big milestone for us. Yeah. I mean, that's like a dream retailer for us. Right. And like, they were the first ones to come knocking on our door. Mm -hmm. Um, and we have some like big opportunities coming up next year, which we're really excited about as well. Um, but I would definitely say that that was probably like when I was like, damn, like, all right, this is pretty real did, now. Did they come in from notice you on online or, or how did that? come to fruition yeah uh definitely partly from online and then just like utilizing my network to like get introduced to the right people um i mean realistically a lot of what comes down to it is it's like who work. you know right mm -hmm. and yeah. so um what we really focus on is when we bring on investors and advisors we make sure that they're strategic like don't get me wrong it's it's difficult to just bring money into the picture um but when you have the ability to bring in strategic money it makes you know so much more sense yeah. just because you could utilize their network, you could utilize their relationships, uh, even their intelligence in terms of what they've done in the space as well. Yeah. Um, and that just goes so far. Can you give a little bit of insight what that's like getting into store retail? Because I know there's a whole, I mean, people don't even realize this, shelf space mm -hmm. is huge. Yeah. And like where you are on the shelf and how, like, how does that all work? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, so most grocery stores work in like what they call as a reset. So like every year they'll do a category review. Um, so like we're, say we're in frozen breakfast or frozen snacks, that grocery store is only going to do a review once a year. So you really only have one chance to get into a grocery store on a yearly basis, which is crazy, right? Like you, you really have to nail it down at that point. You have to prove crazy. to them, yeah. like you have the ability to manufacture enough sandwiches to keep up with their demand. Um, you need to be able to hit their price points and their, their margins, um, as well as just like do all the extra stuff too. How are you going to drive sales? Right? Like, so you're willing to spend money, uh, to drive, uh, do like trade spend, do demos, yeah, any external marketing to drive people through the door. Um, so all those things really come into play when you're trying to sell yourself to a grocery store. Um, and for us too, specifically, we're in frozen. Um, it's the most like coveted space in the grocery store because it's so limited. And so we, when we come in, that usually means they have to kick somebody out. Yeah. And so it's right place, right time. Um, and then also like you have to have a lot of like, I hate to say it, but hype around your brand too. Mm. Um, you know, we, that's where the digital marketing comes into play. Definitely. Yeah. So like for us, for me, like the strategy was like, let's build up as much, um, like brand online through social media to be able to then go to these grocery stores and be like, Hey, like you've definitely seen us through some way or another online. Like this is a reason this, this helps us kind of get our foot in the door ultimately. Uh, I know that brand mascots do really well, especially on TikTok. Do you guys 
Are you guys looking into that? Do you have that? I, yeah, I we have like a little sandwich with like feet and arms. His oh, name's, sick. Okay. Yeah, his name's Sammy. Um, <laughs> we have, <laughs> his name's uh, Sammy. He's actually on that a sticker on the um, toaster oven. Sammy. Yeah. Oh, that's sick. We haven't really done too much with them. Yeah. Uh, we're still trying to figure out how to like... Uh, kind of like add them into like our marketing strategy. I mean, you think about it, it's like for us, our core demographic is health conscious shopping moms. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're also, you know, catering to the kid too. Right. Uh, and the way that we look at it and is like, man, well, no, I mean, you bring up a good point, right? Yeah. Like, uh, like that is our core demographic, but at the same time, like we're lucky enough to where our product is unique enough to be able to, um, allow us to cast a wider net, right? We have, you know, people that eat based like snacks because they're nostalgic. We have fitness goers that are eating our products because of the macros and the ingredients. We have, Mm -hmm. you know, just regular foodies. We have, you know, families eating our products. And what we're learning is that the kid's lunchbox is the gateway into the entire family's eating habits. And so we're really trying to message ourselves as more of like a family brand opposed to just like trying to you know, target one specific audience, but at the same time, we're not losing our focus on just like that health conscious shopping yeah. mom because she is the one that's, you know, more or less making the the purchasing decisions for the family. Yeah. Well, this is way down me. the line, but do you see yourself taking over that whole lunchbox of the kid? Like, like, like are you down the line, outside? would you expand Ooh, and take, nice. you would yeah. be the go-to for all the lunchbox pieces. So this is also, so, all right. I mean, I have a, I have an answer for this. What's interesting is that like, depending on who I'm talking to, that answer differs. Um, mostly because like when you talk to investors or you talk to buyers, they want to learn, hear about like what else you're going to do, um, in terms of like product expansion. But for me, it's like, we're trying to take advantage of this peanut butter and jelly space. I'm trying to make as many peanut butter and jelly sandwiches that I possibly can just because of the opportunity that's there. I mean, the Uncrustable paved the way in terms of like building out this like robust, massive industry of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, most of which are unbeknownst to most people. Like Smucker's Uncrustables did over $500 million in sales last year. Like 90% of that came from like grape and strawberry peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, which means that I don't really need to do too much outside of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in order to be able to build a massive business. And the way that we look at it is like we can convert one out of 20 Smucker's Uncrustable customers and we could be a $50 million company. And so why should I deviate too much outside of what I'm trying to become an expert in Mm. just to be able to say, hey, I just launched X, Y, and Mm -hmm. Z products. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, can I, you know, jar up jam or jar up peanut butter and sell it on a shelf? Sure. But at the same time, if I launch products into the shelf stable space, that's a whole nother business that I have no experience in. Those are all buyers at grocery stores that I have no relationships with. So my focus is like, building up as much real estate in my freezer doors I possibly can with the flavor combinations I have, just being able to build out more shelf space through that, as well as then launching new flavor combinations that we'll test like online to see if they would work well in retail. Yeah. So like with the whole entrepreneurship, like it sounds like you just, you sound like you're just full of freaking knowledge, man. Yeah. Like, and the, you're so really smart. Yeah. Just, you're full of this, all this good understanding, but I know that took you time to learn, right? As you just kind of dove into this, like you said, you're all in, you figured it out. You didn't know anything about the food and beverage space before you entered it. But you know, beyond that, just the entrepreneurial state, is there any advice that you would give anybody that's trying to get start their own business? That's trying to get out there? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, <laughs> it's tough. There's your advice. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, like there's so many things that you could like talk about. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, again, I didn't know anything going, going into this, like other than knowing how to like sell products online. I didn't know anything about food and beverage, but like, you know, we just promised ourselves that we'd be, you know, perpetual students of the game. Like we, I just want to continue to learn as much as I possibly can. And I think surrounding yourselves with like experienced veterans in the space, mm-hmm. as well as just like smart people in food and beverage or just smart people in general. It's just really fucking important. Mm -hmm. And the fact that like, you know, and you come to them like vulnerable, you know, you know, as a student of the game saying like, Hey man, I want to learn as much as I possibly can from you. And you'd be surprised how many people are willing to give their time. I mean, at the end of the day, people love being, love talking about themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you're willing to be an ear that they could do that to you, like they're going to tell you everything. And so I I just kind of took that in stride and just like constantly asked the right questions to the right people or, ask what I thought were right questions to the right people. And then just being in it, like you have no choice. If you want to do this, you have no choice, but to just constantly, you know, challenge yourself with like the next challenge. And so, I mean, yeah, it's hard to like throw that into like an advice gem or you're just not going to know everything. You're not. And you got to be prepared for that. And you got to be able to find those answers. But 
Where did you find those answers? Did you go online? Did you just network? Did you just go to events? Like what, what was it, it? All of the above? All of the above. Yeah. I mean, you know, YouTube was our best friend early on. Really? Uh, just fucking up was also our best friend too, right? Yeah. Like when we first launched this, that first month before we actually launched, I just would make sandwiches and ship them in different types of ways through the mail to like my family members and be like, all right, like take a video let me see what it looks like when you open it up Mm -hmm. and like we fucked up so much in the early days like just not knowing logistics but then we got better at it and then we got better at it we got better at it and then that ultimately created a you know really cool experience for the consumer um and and a great story on top of that yeah and so i mean it really does come down to just trial and error and just like not giving up like it's i said it before just like tread water like you just have to tread water yeah. it's it's the it only seems way to like do your it. trajectory was really fast though because it's only been like a couple of years since you were going like door to door to places yeah uh i mean i'm also really lucky so i feel like a lot of brands that i talk to it's like single founder companies um and i have two founders um and they're both like pretty strategic uh to an extent i mean brett is the guy that i did marketing with and he had no operations experience before this but i was just like dude like one of us has to do operations one of us has to be like the brand and like the uh like the fundraiser and he was just like all right i'll do operations i'll figure this shit out like you go do what you got to do and so like we obviously worked very closely together but like we just, I just like gave him freedom to just like fuck up and just try to figure out like all those problems. And he did, he crushed it and he is crushing it. And then we brought on like advisors that would help him just like, you know, get past milestones that we were facing that we didn't have experience Mm -hmm. in. And then John came on and John was more of like the finance, like sales guy. Uh, he came from Nike and he has, I mean, dude is like an absolute whiz when it comes to Excel. So he helped me price the product. He helped me, you know, figure out how to like, uh, um, um, calculate our margins, how, how we could tell this whole margin story, um, as well as just like drive the conversations with all the retailers too. I, I, I literally wouldn't be here today if I didn't have those two pieces of the puzzle. Um, and so between the three of us, we're just like an ultimate brain trust where we move so fast and we're so like on, on the ball in terms of just being consistent. Um, and again, like we're just very good at being okay with making imperfect decisions mm-hmm. and trusting that that person has done the, the work and the due diligence to make that decision. And I'll, I don't think a lot of brands have that, which has helped us really like excel as fast as we are. Did you ever feel like to fold up shop? I mean, it's <laughs> like, it's really like, it, it, I, you know, I keep saying it's really difficult and it's because it is, I mean, like this is a very expensive business. And so we're like, since the day we launched this thing, we've been fundraising, right? And this is two, two years in. And, uh, there was a point in October 2020 where I literally ran out of money at every single bank account, every single credit card of mine, personal and business. I had zero money in it and, and or I was in debt. And there was two weeks where I couldn't sleep like at all because I'm just like, how the fuck am I going to pay these people? How are we going to move forward? I was waiting on a, uh, a check to, to come in. But he was like, you know, he was that he was talking to us, but like he wasn't committed yet. And I was using, Brett and I were doing digital marketing still at that time too. So every dollar that we made through marketing either paid him or paid our kitchen staff. And it was two weeks where it was just like fucking hell, where I was just like, all right, we're we're done, we're done. And it it was literally the loneliest place I've ever been in my entire life. And so like getting through that moment specifically was like a really big like part of my life where I was just like, dude, if you could do this and you get past that, like you could do whatever the fuck you want. And so, I mean, it happened again at another point in the business, but it's just kind of the the roller coaster ride that you're on when you're in, uh, you're an entrepreneur in when this space. When you're faced with those situations, where does your mind go immediately? I mean, you could definitely get pretty negative. I mean, you think about like all the people that are watching you and they're like judging you based off of like either your success or your failure. Uh, most people probably are hoping that you fail, but uh, I shouldn't say that, but. Yeah. In reality, but those yeah. people are out yeah. there, right? Yeah. They're just like, like of course. Yeah. And I honestly like, if uh, to be completely truthful, like I have the biggest chip on my shoulder. Like I want to fucking win, and like I know I'm gonna fucking win. Hell yeah! But, like, <laughs> it's just like it's having that determination. No, just a, like yeah. I'm still it's getting good. up. It, it doesn't matter if I had the shittiest day the night, the day before. I'm still getting up at five forty-five and getting to the office at six thirty. Like I don't give a fuck. I'm just doing it. Mm-hmm. And I know that the consistency and my perseverance and the persistence that I have is what's gonna get me to the next step. And so I just constantly keep that in the back of my mind. Um, and I, it's helped me thus far. So Absolutely. I, I, I'd like to think it's doing something right. I think you're no, doing something right. Is it having those business partners and now that you have those advisors, does it make those hard times a little bit easier than maybe yeah. in the early, early days of it? Yeah. I mean, obviously, like I'm still like 
I, I think I, I still have the most risk associated with it, but like having them to rely on and to like go through some of these shitty moments is like really important yeah. just because like now I have like, I have them to vent to and they're, we're all like in a sense, like equal, right? Like we're in it together. And so they understand it just as much as I do. And so like, I'm not now like just laying in bed, like aimlessly trying to just like thinking about these things at, at this point, it's just like, I know we're going to get through this because like I have the best partners that I could possibly ask for. Uh, hearing your, hearing your whole story and everything. Cause like I, I had my own small business early on and I, I did uh, athleisure wear and very, very small, correlation to what you're doing but i remember those hardships and like just having to deal with it and kind of goes back to what you just said mm -hmm. just you have to just get up and do it yep. yourself um at the end of the day it's you you're the one that's kind of responsible yeah and have to bear that weight yeah uh i mean i don't know i, I wouldn't change it for the world like yeah. i like the responsibility yeah. i like having the pressure on me i like having people not necessarily rely on me but like rely on me right and uh it's just like it's it's fucking motivating like mm -hmm. especially now that we've been in it for this long like I don't know. I, I couldn't be more fired up about just like waking up every morning and like getting to do what I get to do. Yeah. That's amazing. You know, it's like, it's, it, and now even more so because like you, you know, you go into a grocery store and it'll never get old walking down the freezer aisle and yeah, seeing yeah. your product in there. It's like, yeah. that's so fucking cool. I do it every time I walk down the frozen aisle. Just to see it. Well, I, I walk by and just say, I mean, it's yours. I know. Sense, I know right? that. I mean, you're part of it. Yeah. How many? I'm how many? How many companies do you actually have in Whole Foods? Like, you're like, oh, I shot this. I shot this. I shot this. Oh, yeah, that's actually <laughs> you like, funny. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, but Chuck like I down. actually have an association with, and so I, I do have a bit of a pride. Yeah. When it comes to working with you guys and seeing it in the grocery store, totally. And then when you tell me that, you know, like you, you still, you haven't said how many Whole Foods you're in yet. Can you share how many Whole Foods you had? Uh, we're in about like 65, all throughout like the SOPAC uh, South Pacific. So Hawaii, uh, Nevada, uh, um, Arizona, and from LA down to um, San Diego. Yeah, dude, it's That's incredible, crazy. man. That's like crazy. You, you started you started a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and now you're in Whole Foods. And then I, I know what's on the horizon. Yep. I don't know if we're going to be sharing any of I that. I can't talk about that yet. Can't talk about it yet. So, But that's what gets me jazzed up, yeah. man. I walk down that aisle, and I see it, and it's like... I. I remember, again, I remember seeing you in the driveway first day, handing me the box. We go and do our shoot. And then now we're at this point, two years later. I can't imagine what we're going to be in t 10 years. Hopefully I'm retired. Hopefully, you're retired. <laughs> Hopefully I'm retired too. <laughs> no, but that's, that's incredible, man. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. Well, one quick question. For those who are thinking about starting to find a, or, uh, uh, fund a business, can you give like ballpark mm. of what you even started with? Like... Oh yeah. Uh, I started with like $50,000 okay. and quickly realized that I was close. in way over yeah. my head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like you think about it, like you really need to prepare for like the craziest of situations, right? Like, I mean, if I were to have done it again and started fresh, I would have expected to start with at least a quarter million dollars, if not a half million dollars. Yeah. Uh, and that would at least just get you through like the proof of concept, you know, mm -hmm. before making all those iterations and really starting to expand out. Um, but I didn't know. I yeah. had no idea. And it's it, the best it, thing that ever happened to me. Yeah, and that situation is ignorance a bit bliss, bliss yeah. right? Yeah, being naive was the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. Not only from like understanding now, now how much money too, I would need. Now you're too experienced. So yeah. now you know what it takes to go in and you're just like, mm, you're going to need more. you got to have this. Who's yeah. on your team? Before it might you just stopped you from doing it. Totally. 100%. I mean, like, I didn't know anybody in food and beverage either. I didn't really talk to anybody before starting this. So, like, nobody even, like, warned me, like, yo, like, you better be ready for, like, all the shit that you're going to face. Uh, running out of money, like, dealing with all, like, the complications, like, or just even having, like, the compliance in place to be able to make these sandwiches and sell them legally. Like, there's, right. there's so many things, like, that you just don't think about. But when you don't know about it and you just are tasked to do those things, you don't think about, mm -hmm. like, the repercussions or, like, the reality of, like, oh, fuck, if this doesn't work out, like, what's going to happen? You're just like, oh, fuck, I just got to do this. You just go yeah. and figure yeah. it out, yeah. yeah. Dylan? Thank you so much for coming on a Decent Human Absolutely. Podcast. It's amazing to hear the story. I love hearing all the detail. Chubby's just doing fantastic. Round of applause for you. Guys. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. This is awesome. Uh, let everybody know where they can find Chubby's, where they can find you, where they can buy Chubby's. Yep. Uh, so we sell online, chubbysnacks.co. We don't have the .com yet, but we have the CO. I could go on a tangent about that. It is. It is. Uh, outside of that, we're in a little over 300 grocery stores right now. By January, we'll be in about 600. So if you go to our website, the store locator, um, you'll be able to find any grocery store that's in your region. If not, we'll ship right to your door. Amazing. Yeah, thank you. All right, thank you again for coming on. Absolutely, thank you. Thank guys. you everybody for tuning in for your Decent Human podcast. Like, subscribe, share, comment. Let us know what you want to hear from us next.
Take it easy. Bye. Peace.